Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast as we get ready to preview uh, Purdue and Nebraska coming up on Saturday and uh, apologize at the start. I tried to line up a guest uh, for uh, the podcast, but it just schedules didn't work out. Um, So it's just me. Uh, (laughs) So I apologize for that, but uh, my schedule and other people's schedules just just didn't come together uh, this week for uh, to getting a guest because you know I had some you know to me uh, you know the Nebraska situation is not as much about this year as just who who are they going to be in the future and what do they uh, need to do to you know pick their program uh, back up and get it to a place where it is uh, competitive at a high level every year uh, because that's what everybody wants out there and that's what really the program needs to be not only to help themselves but to help the Big Ten as well and they, they've run the, the the gamut as far as trying to find the right coach from an NFL coach to uh, the nice guy coach to the uh, Bo Pelina, Pelini uh, <laughs> type of coach to um you know Bill Callahan and you know the the uh, hometown hero and Scott Frost they've tried a lot of different avenues and it just none of it's worked and you know what what will work this time you know I think they have to identify who they want to be uh, number one and then you know go from there Uh, because it's a program that has all the resources they have all the support and they shouldn't be uh, in the position that they're in for this long a time. Uh, and they're still, in my opinion, paying the price for firing Frank Solich many years ago, about two decades ago, and they've diff- just never gotten out of that rut. And you want, you know, I, I don't think Wisconsin's in that same type situation, but you never know. I mean, you, you fired a coach that won 60 to 65% of his games, uh, made you very competitive uh, on a on an annual basis, but you know the the people at Wisconsin, you know, decided a change was needed there, and you you just hope it doesn't fall into the the same situation that Nebraska has been dealing with the last two decades, where you're just you keep turning over coaches uh, left and right, you keep turning over ads left and right, um, and you just find yourself spinning in circles. And I that's where I kind of see Nebraska right now. Um, you know, every time they fire a coach and they have an interim coach and. Um, you know, there's always new hope, uh, but you know there has to be some some more substance to this for them to to get them back on the winning ways. And you know things are going to change in the Big Ten from a schedule standpoint. They're going to stick with divisions one more year, uh, and then in 24 when UCLA and USC come in, you know they're going to um, you know more than likely just have one division. Uh, now, how many protected games you're going to have? But there's a formula out there that allows you to protect three uh, games, three rivals, and then rotate the other six games through the rest of the conference. And over a four-year period, you can you play uh, everybody home in a way. Uh, that seems like the best solution. Now, whether the Big Ten does that or not, who knows? And then, you know, when you expand to 20 teams, you know what's going to happen then. Uh, down the road, you know, I do think we're in a holding pattern from a expansion standpoint. Uh, nothing's going to happen until Notre Dame makes a move. Uh, 
if they make a move. And if they don't make a move, the Big Ten will be at 16 and nothing else will happen across the country, in my opinion, as far as major shifts are, are, are concerned. Um, you, know, I, you know, I guess the Pac-12 could lose some schools maybe to the Big 12 and, um, you know, what happens with the ACC. But as long as Notre Dame, you know, stays on the same path as an independent, then it's going to, I think, it, you know, we're going to settle down in the expansion world. Uh, but, you know, I think the next, you know, mile marker for that is uh, what happens with Notre Dame and its NBC uh, television contract. Um, and now that NBC is a Big Ten TV partner, how does that play a fact- factor into it? You know, who knows? Anyway, that's a little bit off track. But, um, you know, regarding Nebraska, that you know, they've had a tough year. Um, they, they brought in a lot of transfers, spent a lot of money on a lot of transfers in the NIL world, uh, and it just hasn't, hasn't worked out. Their, their defense has been struggling uh, at times. Now, if you watch the Rutgers game, it's kind of hard to judge because Rutgers has, doesn't have a lot of offense there. Um, so they've had some issues on defense, especially early in the year where they were getting carved up pretty well, you know, especially by Georgia Southern uh, in that back-and-forth game. Oklahoma took it to them pretty well. But, you know, you look at what, what, what Oklahoma is now and you, you wonder, you know, what happened in that game. I do think Nebraska has benefited uh, by its schedule, by playing Indiana and Rutgers the last two weeks. They've been able to get two wins, which, you know, I think helps them from a confidence standpoint. Uh, but the, the meat of their schedule is going to be coming up here in the second half of the year. Uh, and, and that's going to be a challenge uh, for, for this team, in part because their offensive line has not really come together uh, as quickly as they, they had hoped. And they're still trying to mix and match the right pieces there. And, you know, that's where Purdue probably can get an advantage uh, on the line of scrimmage. Uh, even though they don't have the the George Karloftis this year, but they have enough guys on the defensive line to to cause some problems uh, for Nebraska, and therefore maybe you can keep up the uh, the run defense that that Purdue has put together uh, here so far uh, this season. Um, you know, against traditional running backs. Now they've had problems uh, dealing with running quarterbacks this year with Florida Atlantic and with and with Syracuse. But just from a traditional running game standpoint, Purdue's done pretty well against the run. Uh, I think they're giving up 72 yards a game against the three Big Ten teams they've played. Now that you know Minnesota didn't have Mo Ibrahim, you know that's that was a factor. You know Maryland really wasn't a traditional running team, but they had they had uh, enough speed and it had enough. You know, it, it is part of their offense. Uh, but Purdue did a good job bottling them up. Penn State, you know, they had. They, they benefited by, by playing some young backs in their first game. Uh, I'm really curious how Penn State's running backs uh, do against Michigan's defense uh, on Saturday. But, you know, Purdue's done a pretty good job against the run, and that's going to have to to stay that way because not only do they have Anthony Grant on Saturday from Nebraska, uh, and then you got Brandon Allen uh, coming up uh, at Wisconsin the next week. And then, you know, in early November, uh, Purdue has to play Illinois and Chase Brown. And, you know, Brown's the leading rusher in the Big Ten right now. So Purdue's, you know, run defense is going to have to get better. Uh, They're going to have to get stronger, and I think that starts Saturday. You know, Grant's a physical runner. Uh, He brings, 
he brings some pop to the to the line of scrimmage, uh, and that's you know it's just something Purdue's going to have to you know keep keep a hold of uh, and and not let uh, Nebraska control the game that way. Uh, as said, I think you know Purdue's defensive line should be able to win that battle against their offensive line, but you know you just you never know in these in these situations. I, I don't know if Nebraska is particularly uh, a great passing team. Um, they've, they've been prone to some mistakes, but also think that's in part because of the offensive line that, uh, you know, Casey Thompson's not as comfortable back there. You know, he's had to make quicker throws. Uh, he's gotten knocked off his spot uh, a lot. Um, and if Purdue can do that, you know, they'll, they will disrupt that offense as uh, as much as they can and that's uh you know that's got got to be the key you know Purdue's not a heavy sack team and they're just going to have to to try to get some pressure back there to to keep to keep Nebraska uh you know off balance there defensively you know I think Nebraska um you know they've been okay it, you know it's hard to judge the last 2 weeks cuz they didn't face potent offenses in Indiana and Rutgers to kind of judge where they're at, O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell will be the best quarterback they faced in the Big Ten game uh, this year. They played Northwestern out in Ireland in that first game, and then Indiana and Rutgers. So uh, O'Connell is going to be the best quarterback that they faced, and um, and we'll see if they can get pressure uh, against Purdue's offensive line, which is you know it's down to six six guys that they're going to. That they're going to use, you know, they've had some injuries, but I think Jeff Brown's committed to going with six. Don't think the younger guys are ready to contribute at this point, so you've got to keep the six guys pretty healthy uh, going into the the last half of the year. You got two games here in the next two weeks. You get an off week at the end of October, and then four games to finish it all. Uh, so if Purdue can take care of business uh, the next couple weeks, it, it should be in a pretty good position. Uh, to finish the season strong uh, coming up, but also get some guys guys healthy. And, you know, health is a concern right now. Dylan Dowling is going to be out with a foot injury. Chris Jefferson, uh, the safety, is not going to play for mental health uh, reasons. Don't know if that how short-term that's going to be. Uh, don't think it's going to be long-term, but, I, you know, you'll probably, I would guess, potentially be back next week when uh, they go to Wisconsin. But, uh, you never know. It just seems like when Purdue gets one guy back, they they get another guy. They lose another guy. Uh, so it's 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 been kind of one of those years where um, they've yet to get their full team on the field. And despite that, they're four and two, two and one, um, in a pretty good position in the Big Ten West. When you look at their schedule and we look at other team schedules, you know Purdue's in a favorable position. Uh, now that now can they take advantage of? It? Can they get some guys back? health-wise here at the end of October and heading into November that could really could really help them. You know, when when I look at Purdue's schedule now, um, I, these next four games are going to determine whether they can win the West or not. Because uh, you, you got Nebraska at home, which Purdue's a, nearly a two-touchdown favorite. But then you go to Wisconsin, place a team program they haven't beat in a long, long time, um, then you have your your off week, and then you host Iowa, and you go to Illinois. Uh, you know it's not out of the question that Purdue goes three and one in that stretch. 
And if they can go three, at least three and one in that stretch, you know that puts them at five and two, uh, heading into the final two games, and that's Northwestern and Indiana, um, and that's two games Purdue's going to be favored in. Uh, and you know if you get to seven and two in the Big Ten West this year, I think you win the league. I think or you win the division. So, um, you know Purdue has a little bit of margin for error based because of what they did on the road the last two weeks, beating Minnesota. And Maryland, you know, before the year, before the season started, if you got a split in those two games, you you were going to feel pretty good. But Purdue won those two, um, so now they have an opportunity to really build on that and put themselves in a pretty good position going into the month of November if if they can take care of business against Nebraska and then go to Wisconsin and just kind of see what happens. We'll have a better idea if this the Wisconsin momentum is going to going to stick under the new coach and. Um, and how much of a factor. I mean, Wisconsin still feels like it can win the West, and it certainly can. Uh, it, has the, it has the talent there to get it done. You know, everybody's still involved in the West. There's nobody that's been eliminated and won't be eliminated for a long time. But, you know, Purdue's in a pretty good spot. But, you know, they need, you know, they still need to keep pushing forward. And that's why I think these next four games are really, really, really important uh, for them. You know, coming into the year, I thought October would be really important for Purdue if if they could have gotten off to a good start with a win over Syracuse or Penn State. They lost both those games, put them in a bit of a hole, but they've they've made up for it by winning the last two. Uh, I thought, you know, beginning of the year, if they somehow, you know, would hit October three and one or you know maybe four and zero, oh, that going two and two in the month of October would be probably a good thing and now I think they got an opportunity to go three and one at least in the month of October maybe maybe better uh but but we'll but we'll see about that but they you're gonna be home for the first time since the end of September it's a sellout crowd should be a great evening uh for football uh place should be juiced up uh so I you know I think uh uh you know producers can't lean on the fact that they're playing at home they have to you know, to continue to do what they've done. And uh, they're just, you know, I say this a lot, but this is a year where they're just going to play a lot of close games. Uh, this is going to be another fourth quarter game where it's going to be one score or so. Uh, be surprised if it's not. Um, and Purdue just, you know, I, I just don't think Purdue has the, the personnel right now to, um, to blow out a Big Ten team. Uh, like really, a game over third quarter type of game. I just don't, I just don't see that happening in any game uh, for for Purdue. They just don't have that kind of makeup of their team this year. They're, they've been solid. They've been they've been really good. They've been great in other situations. Uh, their running game has has come along a little bit. Offensive line has played well. You know, on on and on down the line, the defense has been good. You have Jalen Graham back now, which is extremely helpful uh, you got depth on the defensive line so there's a lot of things in their favor but I just don't I just don't see them like taking another big 10 team to the woodshed uh, over the next six games uh, I think all those games are going to be close fourth quarter games and you're really going to have to minimize the turnovers and the mistakes I think they've got a better handle on their penalties the last few weeks as, as opposed to what happened in the beginning of the year now you got to fix the turnover issue. They have six the last two games. 
four by O'Connell. Uh, so those numbers need to need to come down. But you know, credit the defense; they've they've held teams out of the out of the end zone, uh, kept points off the board after turnovers. So um, you know, that's that's pretty good complimentary football there uh, by Purdue. But Saturday should be interesting. Um, packed house, as I said. Uh, brand name in Nebraska coming in. Uh, so there should be a lot of energy in the air and a lot of excitement uh, for for what may happen. Uh, you know, kind of going through who won't play. I mentioned Dylan Downing's out. Chris Jefferson's out. Uh, linebacker O.C. Brothers is still out. Receiver Elijah Cannon is, is, is out. He practiced this week but tweaked his knee again. Uh, Brock Thompson remains out. He had to uh, get some more work done on his knee, so it's unlikely he'll be back uh, the rest of the year. King Daru is expected to dress and be in uniform, but it's un- unclear if he'll play uh, this week. Uh, he's been dealing with a calf injury. Uh, if not this week, hopeful that he gets back next week. You know, that leaves Purdue with... Uh, Uh, two running backs, uh, well, two and a half to three running backs. Uh, you know, Devin Mockaby and Kobe Lewis is the main backs. You can throw Tyrone Tracy in there as well. I think one concern is just pass protection uh, from the running back position because, um, you know, Nebraska's got some pretty good defensive ends, so they're going to have to try to keep those guys uh, out of the backfield as much as, as much as possible. But you know, it wasn't a few weeks ago that Purdue had a lot of bodies in the backfield, had a lot of depth, but now, you know, they're down to two guys that one's a walk-on, the other one is a transfer that really hasn't played uh, for a couple years because of a knee injury at, at Central Michigan. So it's just kind of odd how these things kind of play the, play themselves out uh, through the through the course of uh, – uh, the course of the season. So, anyway, it should be uh, a good night at, at Ross Aid. Uh, I'll be back after the game to, to recap and uh, share thoughts on uh, uh, the start of the second half of the year for Purdue and uh, where things may go uh, the rest of the way. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it and have a good day.